What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Sanchez of The Bad Promoter coming at you on a Sunday. You know, it's a beautiful day outside out here in New York, and uh, we had a lot of stuff happening over the weekend. Uh, but before we get into that, as always, the drink of the day is a gin and tonic. Started my day off right with a, a GNT with some beef feeder gin. Um, but, you know, as I said, let's get into it. So yesterday we had Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier 3. Uh, there was a lot of hype heading into this fight, of course. Uh, Conor McGregor is probably um, the most popular fighter in the UFC, um, you know, possibly all time. Um, Dustin Poirier, highly respected within the UFC and in combat sports in general. Um, people love him. He's a very nice guy. Uh, he puts in a lot of work. Um, he's one of those guys that is a, you know, showcases like the true American dream. Um, he's had some struggles earlier in his career, overcame them, and now he's at a point where He's probably the number one guy in that division. Um, you know, we still have to see uh, him face uh, Oliveira, but, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a lot to look at for him, and uh, he looks good, and, you know, people respect him. But anyway, more into the fight. So leading up to it, Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier were getting a little chippy, uh, specifically Conor. He was talking shit about Dustin's wife. He was basically saying that uh, she would probably like to sleep with him, um, you know, that's pretty disrespectful. You don't really bring people's family into it when you don't need to. I mean, uh, even, uh, even the, the mob movies, they talk about, like, yeah, you don't mess with someone's family, bro. You, you don't go out there and, uh, you have a problem with someone, you, you deal with them. You don't bring someone's family into it. And, uh, along with that, Conor McGregor was quite literally talking about how he was going to kill Dustin, um, in the cage. Uh, he felt that, uh, where he was in his career and how he was feeling at the moment and how he felt about where his career is at and looking at Dustin as being someone in the way. He he, he fully um, meant that he wanted to kill this man. And, of course, that didn't happen. And, uh, you know, this fight kind of ended uh, unceremoniously. Uh, Conor McGregor actually uh, broke his ankle, uh, retreating, landed, uh, did a little step back to... Mr. Punch stepped back to evade one, and uh, it basically just snapped. Uh, it was very unfortunate because uh, the fight was, you know, kind of exciting uh, up until that point. Um, and of course, no one likes to see injuries, especially to guys that popular. Um, it, it was, it was truly, truly, truly unfortunate. So now, you know, I think there should be a lot of talk about whether, uh, let's be honest, Connor's done. I mean, what he's lost three out of his past four fights. Uh, four out of his, what, last six or seven? I mean, that's that's a lot, man. That's a lot. Four out of the last seven, for sure. But that's a lot, um, you know? And he hasn't particularly looked motivated. Uh, outside of the cage, he's doing his own things. You know, he's making money uh, in business ventures, uh, being highly active on social media. Uh, of course, you can tell he trains a lot. I mean, he looks like he's in phenomenal shape everywhere he goes, uh, day in and day out. But... Being in shape and uh, having that fighter's mentality, those are two completely different things, and I just don't know if Connor necessarily has that anymore. Um, I think this uh, loss in particular with the injury, uh, as long as he keeps his head on straight, could be something that positively motivates him. Um, I mean, at least you'd hope so if you're a fan of Connor or you just want to see some excitement within the UFC, but uh, time will only tell that, but... I don't know. I think, I think he's at a point where he should seriously consider his options. Uh, maybe go for like 
higher profile, but not necessarily uh, with a championship in mind bouts. Uh, like maybe that Nate Diaz trilogy. I think that's the perfect fight for him uh, for a comeback. Uh, maybe guys that are older but got big names. I don't know, man. There, there, there's, there's some options out there, but it's, it's a little unfortunate that we see uh, Connor be at this stage of his career. I think a Tony Ferguson would be a good fight. Uh, just consider the downward spiral for both of them. Um, they still got name value. You can still lead them on a card. Um, you know, it's, it's just a little disappointing, man. It's a little disappointing. It's going to be a long recovery. Uh, ankles are tricky. Uh, once you have an ankle break, it's going to be, you know, pretty weak going forward. Um, I don't know the extent of ligament damage, but let's hope that's to a minimum because that's, that's really where it'll be tricky. Um, it sucks to see this, but you know, you got to give props to Dustin. Um, he brought on that pressure and, uh, he he basically caused it to happen and Dustin Poirier he looks amazing right now man he looks amazing uh I don't know where you'd rank him in in the pound for pound list um but I want to see I want to see that fight against Oliveira ASAP I need to see what happens uh when you put those two in the cage I think Dustin could take him I really hope he does too I really like him he's a nice guy good fighter nice role model um yeah I just want to see that fight that'll be a really good one now, in terms of other UFC news, uh, we have Corey Sandhagen and TJ Dillashaw scheduled for the 24th. We'll finally be able to see that. Uh, I've been looking forward to this fight. I was really sad when it, it got put on pause the first time. Um, I'm, ash- I'm not ashamed to admit it, but I'm a TJ Dillashaw fan. Uh, I know he lost a lot of respect when he got caught taking EPL, but you know I, I, I'm down for I'm down to see this fight. Uh, Corey Sandhagen is is a bad motherfucker and. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see where TJ still stands. Having uh, having having sat on the sidelines for over two years now, um, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I expect TJ to bring the pressure early, and I expect Corey to, uh, you know, try to amplify that some more. Test his lungs, test his battery, um, see how he his movement is, and uh, we'll see from there on the twenty fourth. Now, other other fights to look forward to. We have Derek Lewis and Cyril Gane on August seventh for the interim belt. This is gonna be a nice fight, actually. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Cyril Gane, he's been uh, rising pretty rapidly, and uh, Derek Lewis, you know, good old fashioned Derek Lewis. He he looks good. Uh, it'll be nice to see what happens out of that fight. Um, I'm I'm torn between who I want to win because if Derek Lewis wins. That'll set up uh, a rematch between him and Ngannou. Um, I would like to see that. Even though the first fight was uh, quite boring, um, I want to see Ngannou uh, settle settle it between them and uh, handle his only other loss because he lost to Miocic and then he handled him to win that fight. I want him to have opportunity to uh, overcome that first defeat against Lewis. Uh, so that would be nice. But then you have Gane who, you know... Um, Another name in the mix like that that could be a nice fight. Gane versus Ngannou would be cool, um, but I think I think I'd rather see Lewis. Uh, I I hope he wins. Um, in terms of what does this mean for Ngannou, uh, I mean he's just gonna be on the sidelines a little longer. Um, it's kind of unfortunate because you look at what's happening with John Jones and his contract situation. Uh, he's unhappy with the dollars that are put in front of him um, for you know as a proposal. And you can't blame him, honestly. Uh, 
he deserves every dollar and cent that he gets, and he wants more. And the UFC, I mean, as we all know, has had a tough time paying people what they're worth. And uh, I don't think anyone out there can say they're worth more than John Jones. Uh, maybe Habib, but, I mean, he's retired now. Um, but John Jones, uh, at least in the cage, has been amazing. Um, he's done some stuff out of the cage that, you know, has definitely affected him and his his pockets. But, uh, you know, the amount of work he puts in inside, to prepare inside the cage, like, amazing so i hope we we get that fight pretty soon as well um but yeah lewis and john jones those are fights i want to see for nganu um hopefully uh we get the no no setbacks um on nganu's side and no major injuries between uh, whoever's victorious between gane and lewis so that way we can get another fight but we can get that fight by the end of the 2021 calendar year um Another fights to look forward to, we have John Blakovich and uh, Glover Teixeira in September. That should be a nice fight, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm a big fan of Glover Teixeira, and, uh, you know, he's fought his way back, and he's, he's earned his spot. Um, he's earned that last run, and uh, I'm excited to see it. Blakovich, uh, he looks nice, man. I mean, we saw what happened against Izzy, uh, made Izzy look like, I don't know, he just made him look uh, quite unsatisfactory and uh, honestly just didn't resemble who he looked like at his previous weight class. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see that fight. Blackovich has got a nice arm um, and he's tough. He'll he'll try to bring Glover Teixeira down. Glover Teixeira is just gritty. He's uh, older. He's a veteran, obviously. Um, it's going to be a nice fight and I'm looking forward to it. If uh, I had to put money on it, I would honestly pick Blokovich, but I'm hoping Glover Teixeira is victorious. Um, in terms of what else I'm interested in the UFC, I'm interested to see what's next for Kamaru Usman. Um, you know, on the undercard of uh, McGregor and Poirier, we had uh, Gilbert Burns beating Wonderboy. I was sad, at, I was sad with that. I wanted Wonderboy to, to win that fight. Um, I will say, though, that Dana White wasn't really uh, excited with the outcome. He thought it was a boring fight, and uh, he's not going to be in a rush to get Burns another title shot. So it looks like the two major options, or honestly the two people that are next for Usman, will be Covington and Edwards rematches. Um, I'm surprised the Covington fight hasn't been announced yet. There must be some other stuff behind the scenes that's blocking that. Um, whether it's dollars or whether Covington and his team actually secretly don't want the fight, I don't know, but I hope we get that settled soon. A Leon Edwards fight would be really nice. Uh, if he has to wait for the Covington Usman first, I want to see Edwards get another fight in before the end of the year. Um, so that'll be nice. We also have uh, dark horses uh, like Vicente LeCou and uh, Michael Chiesa. They're going to fight each other, so whoever's victorious could potentially be third in line. Um I mean, assuming you're you're just pushing Usman. I mean, uh, not Usman. Burns to the side. Uh, honestly, whoever's victorious with that, I would like to see Gilbert Burns fight, um, fight them, or even Edwards. Honestly, like that that would be a nice fight too, um, between whoever's victorious there. Kind of have like a little round robin tournament in a sense where uh, you have uh, Usman taking on Covington a second time. You have Edwards taking on the winner of Kiesa and uh, Lehu, and then. Uh, 
you know, those winners of each of those respective bouts facing each other. Like, that'd be pretty nice. So, you know, UFC's got a lot of stuff uh, to look forward to, um, as always. There's uh, not as many cards and uh, events lined out for the rest of the year that are at least uh, high stakes, attention grabbing. But from what we have, like, man, that looks awesome. And uh, they've got to be proud of what they're doing. Now, on to the boxing side of things. We had uh, Zerto Ramirez fight on Friday against Sullivan Barrera, and he looked fucking awesome, man. Fourth round knockout looked sick. He had uh, some nice body work and um, good movement. You can tell he's he's strong, and uh, man, he looked he looked amazing. Now he wants Canelo Alvarez, of course, like every other light heavyweight in the world. Um, I don't know how likely that'll be because. Uh, Zerto fights for Golden Boy now, and uh, I don't know how how likely Canelo will be, uh, you know, working with Oscar De La Hoya again in any capacity. I don't know if he wants to do him any favors. Um, although I do, I do want to see that fight at some point. Um, Dimitri Bivol has called out Zerto Ramirez, and uh, it's interesting that Bivol's the one having to call him out because Bivol has the belt. It just goes to show that Bivol's low key losing steam within the industry. Um, I'd say about last year, the year before, like he was a high name. Um, people were talking about him a lot. And, you know, the hardcore fans still talk about him. And he's still got a lot of respect. I mean, he's a very talented fighter. But after how he looked with uh, Craig Richards and then the long layoff prior to that, I think people are kind of looking at him like, okay, like I don't technically necessarily need to see him fight Better Beef. I can tell Better Beef would win, quote unquote. I think that's what a lot of people feel. And, uh, I think because of that, people are just kind of looking at Bivol and like, eh, okay, whatever, next. But I think Bivol versus Zerto would be a nice fight. It'd be a good test for Zerto. Um, he's fought some good guys, but he hasn't obviously fought in someone on Dimitri Bivol's um, status. And uh, Bivol, he's, 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 a good, he's a good fighter. Um, very talented, very skilled. Uh, I'm looking, I, w- I would love to see that fight. If you can give me Zerto and Bivol and then... Uh, have Joe Smith Jr. and uh, Arthur Better Beef, uh, you know, unify, set up those guys, and then uh, from there get the winners against each other. That'd be the perfect scenario. But regardless, if they decide after that not to um, go about that route, and Canelo Alvarez at that point wants to fight one of them, then that'd be nice too. I mean, there's a lot of, as I've been saying for a while now, there's a lot of talk about Canelo and. Uh, better beef people within Canelo's camp like specifically Eddie Hearn and Eddie Reynoso um they're they're talking a lot about better beef right now as being a potential option at some point of course all the light heavyweights want to face Canelo that includes Bivol that includes Joe Smith Jr. that includes Zerto um of course better beef um but we'll see we'll see what happens I think that'll happen at some point but I'm hoping not next reason why I'm hoping that, that it's not next is, of course, because I want to see that Caleb Plant fight. I need Al Hammond to stop playing. There's a lot of talk. Um, I think Eddie Hearn isn't necessarily being, uh, quote-unquote, honest about Al Hammond right now. Um, when I say that, I mean he's pretty much saying that Al Hammond's trying to get a five- to six-fight deal out of, uh, out of Canelo to fight with PBC, and that, that could pretty, pretty well be true. And, uh, but who knows? I would say a fair compromise would be a three-fight deal with Canelo. Um, you know, you get 
three nice pay-per-views out of Canelo Alvarez and uh, call it a day. And with those three, you can you can set up fights with Caleb Plant. You can uh, set up a fight with Benavidez to be, um, you know, the challenger against Canelo, who at that point would likely be undisputed, assuming he beats Caleb Plant. And then you could finish off that contract with a Jamal Charlo fight when he moves up to 168. That would be a sick run with PBC. And honestly, I would love to see that. Uh, now, if you mix, if you try to extend that to a five-six fight deal, which is what Eddie Hearn is implying, that's where there's a, like some issues because you'll probably get some fights against uh, I don't know, like a Jillian Love. Uh, I don't know. They they they've got some interesting guys, but I I, I hope it's not extended much past that. A three-fight deal would be nice. A two-fight deal would honestly be even better. Um, the way Charlo's been talking, I don't necessarily want to see that fight, uh, at least for right now. Um, he needs to understand that you're not really in the position to call the shots, man. And, um, you know, if he learns that uh, by missing out on a paycheck or waiting a little longer, then so be it. But uh, I hope we get that Caleb Plant fight next. Um, I just I just don't like that we're, you know, in July and uh, we don't necessarily know what's going to happen um, in September. June, July, August. Yeah, so that's like about two months away. So almost exactly to when the potential fight date would be, depending on whether it's the 11th or the 18th. So we need to get that shit settled soon. Um, hopefully uh, they get pen to paper, and by the end of the month we get something locked down, because if not, is going to have to find someone else. And at that point... There's no way it's going to be against a light heavyweight because he's going to want a full training camp and be well-rested and fully functional for that fight. That's not going to happen. Now, in other news, Tyson Fury and uh, a couple members of his team have got COVID, so uh, that's put the Wilder trilogy on pause, which is really unfortunate. Um, the whole heavyweight, or I, was, I would like to say heavyweighting saga, has been unbelievable and not in a good way. Um... <laughs> Deontay Wilder has been aloof. Um, he's been in and out of the media, talking a lot, a lot of excuses. Tyson Fury hasn't uh, necessarily pressed the issue on when he was returning and was kind of just like forced into this trilogy rematch. Um, of course, you have Anthony Joshua and Eddie Hearn, constant will they, won't they? When is this going to happen? Are they going to sign? Low key blaming other people for other things like. Uh, as if uh, they're not just as responsible for fights not being signed. Um, it's been a mess, man. It's been a mess. As long as we get the Joshua and Usyk fight out of the way and uh, Tyson Fury recovers quickly um, and we're able to get that out of the way, then I guess we'll be good. But, man, it's just frustrating because there there should have been no reason why we had to wait this long for, one, that fight to get put together, but, two, to get Fury and Joshua signed. Um yeah, it's been a little frustrating, man, and uh, I hope that settles itself out because the heavyweight division has so much potential. There's a lot of good fighters out there, a lot of good fights, and uh, I want to see what happens. You know, um, with Tyson Fury on the sidelines, it's already been announced that Andy Ruiz won't replace him to fight Deontay Wilder, uh, which is understandable, but it's also a little frustrating. I think that would have been a sick fight. Um I want to see how uh, Andy Ruiz and Deontay Wilder fight each other. That'd be that'd be really cool. Uh, Ruiz has good skill. He would try to press the action and come inside, and uh, he's a really good chin. And I think 
even though he's not the fastest of, by any stretch of the imagination, because Wilder doesn't really set up his punches, he just freelances, I think he would actually uh, have a really, really, really good shot at uh, beating Wilder very convincingly and knocking him out. Um, so that would have been a sick fight. Of course, they want the Wilder-Tyson Fury trilogy to happen because they're holding out hope that he's going to be victorious and that'll set up a Wilder-Joshua super fight for all the marbles and a lot of money. But, uh, I mean, we'll see. We have to wait for, for Tyson Fury to recover from COVID. Um, in terms of other news, like Jamal Char- or Jamel Charlo, rather, um, he's fighting for the Undisputed Belt next week. Man, I've been talking about this for a while. I'm so excited. I'm a big fan of Jamel Charlo. Hard worker. Uh, very nice boxer. You know, he uh, overcame that defeat a couple years ago that, you know, was undeserving. Didn't make excuses. Got back out there. Rematched. Won that fight in a sense. Put himself in a position to be undisputed at 154 pounds. Now, um, he's also saying that after this fight, he'd be willing to give Danny Garcia a shot. As much as Danny Garcia would not deserve this at all, like I guess I'd be okay with it just based off the fact that Charlo, he deserves a, a nice paycheck bout. Um, and he doesn't strike me as the guy who would make this a pattern and do this like ongoingly. He would probably just do a one and done and then move on to legitimate competition. I think, uh, I think he'd move to 160 and try to get uh, Demetrius Andre to fight especially because like people have been talking about how his brother won't do it. I think he, he hears that as well, and uh, he's down for the smoke. He'll take that, so Charlo, his older brother, or not older brother, his twin brother doesn't have to deal with that and uh, can look for, look for other big fights. Um, of course, within that Divi- 160, there's also uh, Triple G and Murata that are scheduled to fight for in December. I think... Uh, Whoever's victorious, you can get if you can get a fight with one of the Charlo brothers, that'd be sick. Um, that'd be sick as well. There's just a lot of good stuff to, to like with those divisions, man. Um, a lot of big fights. A lot of big fights. And, I mean, that's not even mentioning the Spence and Pacquiao fight, which um, in minor news, WBA basically said that uh, Manny Pacquiao is not going to be reinstated to full champion. Um, he's still going to be classified as champion in recess. I think they didn't want to start the precedent of uh, <laughs> taking the belt away from someone who was quote-unquote deserving, even though uh, Ugas was given it after they took it away from Pacquiao. So I don't necessarily understand how you can argue that he's fully deserving. He didn't win that from a bout. He got it uh, because someone else wasn't active. So it's not like you're taking away a belt from someone where they won it. Um, you gave it to him by choice. So I don't necessarily understand that. But whatever, man. Uh, the WBA, um, just like the WBO, are two very frustrating organizations. Now, honestly, all four of them are frustrating. I'm just a WBC guy, so, you know, I'm a little biased in that respect. But I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it. But yeah, man, there's a lot of good stuff to like. A lot of good stuff um, to look forward to with both boxing and, and within the UFC. And I'm all for it. I'm excited for the Olympics as well, so we can see some of the young guys. Um, the amateurs, that'll be some nice bouts, man, nice bouts. I'll be talking about those more extensively, like, when those fights actually happen. Um, I'll talk about what I see out there, but, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. And, uh, you know, we're just barely past the midway point of 2021. There's a lot of the year left to go and uh, a lot of exciting things. 
As always, I appreciate y'all checking in to the Bad Promoter Podcast. Keep up with us on thebadpromoter.com. I know I haven't written in a while. Um, I've had a lot going on um, outside, but, you know, I'm trying to keep things going with the podcast, and uh, I keep you up to date on social media as well. So stick up with us on Instagram and Twitter, at the Bad Promoter, and uh, I'll talk to y'all next week, y'all.